first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Sahiba, and today we're going to have a fun episode, and we're going to be listening to recaps of films that have been voted to be our top favorite by Kids First Film Critics. On this list is Frozen 2, Abominable, Yesterday, Harriet, Christmas with Molong. So first, let's begin with Frozen 2. First, we're going to be talking with Zoe on Frozen 2. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Hi. Hi. So I can't wait to hear what you have to tell me about Frozen 2. So let's start off. um, Can you tell me a little bit about what's happening with Anna and Elsa and where they're journeying to in this this film? Yeah, Frozen 2 is like a beautiful continuation of, in my opinion, one of the greatest animated films ever done. Um, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf, and Sven, in this film they've kind of become a family, and now they're trying to discover the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom, because it seems like Elsa has kind of awakened some powerful spirit spirits, and I really love this film. Oh, very cool. It sounds awfully interesting. And so how did watching this make you feel? I really liked it, actually. Um, I would say this in the first one. I don't want to compare them at all, but I feel like they're equally the same. This one did get a bit more intense, but I feel like they did that for a reason. Because I remember when I was watching Frozen 2, I was probably, I mean, Frozen 1, sorry. I was probably about four or six years old, and now I'm 11. And I felt they made it so more intense because now everyone's more grown up if they've seen the first one, and it made it a lot more interesting. Okay, that's cool that they did that. And so, um, what do you think about the characters? Do we meet new people? And what did you think of them? There are new characters. Actually, there's a new one called Bruni, which is a salamander, which was one of my favorite characters in this. Um, but I do feel like the original characters in this film... They definitely, like Olaf, I felt like his representation in this film is more powerful. And everyone else who we didn't see in the first one, they definitely, like, they had a statement in this film and everyone had a purpose. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. And so, um, what are your thoughts on the animation? I did really like the animation. It's been a while, so it did improve. And I love how they animated all the costumes for everyone because the costumes were just beautiful. And I feel like they did an amazing job on that, especially. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just by watching the trailer, I noticed some of the outfits and I was like, wow, those are very unique. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, was there a villain in this film or like a bad guy? Um, not necessarily, like, a person. Um, it's more of, like, an element, because, um, Elsa kind of, she awakens powers of this forest, 
like it's a secret forest. I know that they said that in the commercials and stuff, and that's kind of hinting you, but I don't want to give anything away because it is actually really good. But it's not necessarily like a human being, but there is technically something that they're trying to find out in order to know the truth about um, Arendelle. That's very interesting. And when you say it's not human, do you think that the sort of mystery like adds a lot to the film? Yeah, it's because most like Disney films with princesses, there's never a villain. In some animated f- films, there is a villain. But this one is different because it's more of a power and they're trying to figure out like everything and why everything is happening so I felt like it was it's obviously an amazing film and it makes it a lot different from like all other Disney films with princesses in them you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're listening to our recaps from the favorite films of the year by our Kids First film critics. And right now, I'm going to continue talking with Zoe on Frozen 2. So, Zoe, I'm really curious about the music and the songs in this film. What did you think of them? Oh, the songs in this film are beautiful. They were amazing. And I felt like... Well, the first, from, in Frozen 1, the songs, I remember, like, falling in love with them, but I felt like these were even better. Actually, there's a song called, like, Into the Unknown, and that's, like, my favorite song right now. I can't get it out of my head, and it was beautiful. Oh, wow. And um, so I know when Frozen first came out, Let It Go, it became this huge sensation. So do you think one of the songs from Frozen 2 will carry the same momentum? Um, Well, since this film does go a little bit darker and stuff, um, I felt like they were probably even more powerful than the first one. The first one was more, like, joyful and stuff. Because we already know the story and the characters from the first one. But So this one isn't as original, but it is still, like, surprising as the first one. And with the music, it kind of has the same pattern. Okay, that's really cool. And were there, like, action scenes in the film? And if so, what did you think of them? Um, I guess, you, yeah, I guess you can say there were action films. I thought it was really cool. It was like Elsa's kind of traveling over the ocean. I saw lots of commercials about that, and I was kind of like, whoa, what's happening here? Um, and I thought that they did an amazing job, especially since the animation has enhanced a lot and become more realistic in certain ways. It definitely made the action scenes more, like it made it more interesting to watch and there was one with like a purple fire and stuff and I felt like they did a really good job on capturing those moments oh wow that a purple fire that sounds exciting yeah (laughs) and so um it seems like Anna and Elsa are traveling to like a variety of different places in this film so what did she think of them and sort of the creativity behind them yeah, I feel like in the first film, we kind of just saw Arendelle, which is their hometown, and then kind of off into the middle of nowhere. But here there's actually, like, as I said, there's a forest, and I love how 
it's absolutely just eye candy, the beautiful color palette and everything. So I did like that they had new places and more adventure. Anna didn't actually go with Elsa everywhere, and not to, but you did see all the places that like Elsa traveled to, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. And so speaking of Elsa, do we see like an expanse in her powers and um, her, I know you mentioned her character also, um, everyone seems to have a bit more purpose, but could you expand a little more on her character? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the, I'm not going to say this, but like there's a huge surprise while you're watching and it really involves Elsa and I, I love seeing her now like her hair is always in a braid and I feel like she's kind of the main center of everything and she's kind of the one who figures everything out and eventually becomes one of the most relatable and amazing like she was so powerful in this film and so confident in everything that she did and I felt like she the voice actor behind her and everything, I, she's like an amazing character. Wonderful. Well, that's so great to hear. Um, and so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? I probably recommend it for ages 6 to 16 and adults as well. And I would definitely give Frozen um, a 5 out of 5 stars. Yay, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Zoe. It was so much fun to speak with you about Frozen 2. Thank you for having me. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molong Season 3. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
you are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And we're listening to recaps of films that have been voted to be our top favorite by Kids First Film Critics. On this list is Frozen 2, Abominable, Yesterday, and Christmas with Molong. And next we'll be talking about We're Yesterday with Ethan. Welcome to the show, Ethan. Hi. Hi. So I'm so excited to talk to you about this film. And can you tell me a little bit about what it's about and what you thought of it? Um, well, it's about a musician who wasn't very successful. And one night, uh, the world suffered a 12-second blackout. And in the blackout, he got hit by a bus and sent to the hospital. But after that hit, after he hit the bus, then the Beatles were erased from existence. So he started to write their songs because no one else knew where they were. Ooh, that sounds really interesting and quite like a different storyline. So, um, how did you feel in watching this film? Um, it was like romance, comedy, it was a bunch of emotions in one. Okay, cool. And um, what did you think about the acting? It was really good, and the songs were written by the Beatles, but the actors sang it because it had to be their voice, so it was really cool that they said it exactly how the Beatles did. Oh, wow, and can you tell me a little bit more about the music and what you thought of it? It was really cool because there were some songs that he made different because no one knew who the Beatles were, so they couldn't tell him it wasn't that, and I'm pretty sure... He had one song where it was supposed to be sad, but he made it into rock and roll. Oh, that's so interesting. Are you a fan of the Beatles in general? Yeah, I really love them. Awesome. And did you like these changes? Because I think that's pretty cool that the film took the liberty to do that. Yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. And so being a Beatles fan, did you think that it was a good uh, tribute to the band? Yeah, it was really, I really liked it. And I am so happy to see that they actually made a Beatle, the, the Beatles movie. Yeah, and I like that it seems like they did it in such a different way. Did you, would you um, think that they could maybe make like a Beatles movie, like just about them, like documentary? Or are you happy that they sort of did it in this style? I'm happy that they did in this style, because I was thinking it would be different. Like, it was the Beatles singing it, because it's called Yesterday, but it was completely different and mind-blowing. Awesome. And so, um, what was your favorite part about watching Yesterday? Um, How he was doing rock and roll on a roof in front of a huge crowd. Ooh, that sounds awesome. And so, um, was there anything that you felt could have been improved in Yesterday? Uh, not at all. Wonderful. That's always great to hear. And so, um, how about something that really stood out to you or just was absolutely amazing in the film? How he had a dream when he was sleeping and he actually saw one of the people from the the band of Beatles. And it was really cool to see him talking to him. But of course, it wasn't the real one. It was just an actor that they made him look extremely real. Wow, and did this actor, like, in his movements, did he do a good job of imitating the real person? Yeah, he did so good. He looked just like him. 
Wonderful. And so, did you like the way that the story ended without spoiling anything? Yeah, it ended really good. It was kind of a twist, though. Oh, really? And so, um, were you able to predict it, or was it, like, absolutely crazy? It, it was, like, in the middle. <laughs> awesome. And do you think they could make a sequel to this movie, or is it just a great one-time movie? Um, Probably just a great one-time. It was awesome. I... There's, like, nothing you can do to make it better. Really? That's outstanding. I'm excited to watch this film. And so do you think, like, I'm not a fan of the Beatles myself, but I'm so excited to watch this. Do you think that um, people who are not don't really know if the Beatles would re- enjoy this movie as much as Beatles fans? Yeah, because you don't really know, you don't need to know who the Beatles are, really. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would be like all those people in the movie who are not too sure. <laughs> and so, um, what messages did you learn from watching yesterday? Never lie and always tell the truth because then you'll just be in a worse situation than you're already in. Well, that's a really good deep message. And so finally, Ethan, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? Um, the age range would be 8 to 18 and adults too. And I'd give this 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me, Ethan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're listening to our recaps from the favorite films of the year by our Kids First film critics. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles. Now we're going to be talking about a wonderful new show from Encircle Entertainment. It is Christmas with Molang, and we're going to be talking with Catherine, Tiana, and Jolene about this. And Catherine, let's start with you. The first thing I want to know about is the animation, because when I just looked up this show and just some stills from this show, I was baffled by how adorable everything was. So I'd love to know from you, what did you think of the animation and the character design? The animation was simply the cutest thing I've ever seen. I don't know how they do it, but however they do, it's adorable. Honestly, just for the... I know this is meant for kids, but just for that, those cute creatures, I want to see this. But, Tiana, I want to know your opinion. Overall, do you think that Christmas with Moling would be good for kids? Why or why not? Um, I think that Christmas with Molong is a very good movie for kids because it's something that ties into like a lot of things that happens with Christmas and things that little kids love, like presents and Santa. And so I think it's a really good thing that younger kids should really watch. That's wonderful to hear. And Jolene, I know a lot of parents really want their kids to be able to learn while they're also getting entertained. And Christmas especially has a very rich and wonderful culture and history that kids can learn about. So would you say that this show is educational or is it strictly entertainment? Um, It's educational in the sense that it teaches good lessons and morals about how you should be helping others during Christmas time and giving to others, not only receiving other presents. So I would say yes. Well, that's very wonderful and very valuable for kids to learn. And Catherine, overall, do you think that the morals are communicated in an entertainment way? Because even very young kids, they know when they're being taught and they know when they're being entertained. Would you say this is still doing a good job at creating an entertaining story and characters for the audience? Yeah, I would. I mean, honestly, so it's just cute little adventures and little 
bunny rabbit and an itty little bitty chick. And I mean, yeah, it's just very entertaining to watch them. That's wonderful to hear. And Tiana, we just heard about the wonderful, beautiful creatures that are absolutely adorable. But I also love to know throughout the entire story, what would you say is your favorite part and why? The My favorite part of Christmas with Molong is probably the part inside one of the episodes where Molong and Pew Pew go ice skating. And so the, Molong is doing this trick. And eventually, though this is kind of like a sad part too, Molong lets go of Pew Pew's hands and then he lands on the back of a reindeer and it actually just takes off like a horse. And it's very funny. <laughs> that does sound funny. And Jolene, I'd also like to know, do you think that this would be a good family show? Because although I'm going to watch it just to see the adorable creatures, a lot of parents want to see something that they'll enjoy too. They're going to be entertained with their children. So would you say that applies to families or just kids? Um, I think it would just be entertaining for the children because um, there's not a lot of whole, not, not a lot of, crazy things happening like it's funny and it's cute but i don't think adults or like older children would necessarily enjoy watching that is very understandable you know my experience with young children's content when i was younger i remember it's very rare to see something that's meant for younger children that applies to a large audience because it's generally very simplistic it's very bright color the story isn't that complicated because they wouldn't understand it at such a young age but Mm -hmm. Overall, let's start with Catherine. How many stars would you give Christmas with Molang and why? Five stars. I mean, it's just adorable. I mean, who doesn't love any of the things in that? Yeah, just five out of five stars. Absolutely. I think the greatest achievement of animation so far in its history is creating adorable creatures. Tiana, how about you? How many stars do you give it? I also agree and would give it a five out of five stars. It's a very cute movie, like I said, for younger kids and even older kids, though, like the characters do speak in like an animated baby voice. So it might get annoying for older kids. But if you really like things Christmas and you still like watching cartoons and things like that, especially related to the Christmas spirit, I think it's a really good movie. And lastly, Jolene, how many stars do you give it? I also give it five out of five stars. Like they said, um, it is the perfect thing to watch during Christmas time. It really gets you in the Christmas spirit and excited for Christmas. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking to me about Christmas with Molang. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molang Season 3. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about our recaps from the favorite films of the year by our Kids First film critics. I'm Calissa Best from Los Angeles, California, and next we will be talking with Catherine and Sanaya Rain about Harriet. How are you two doing? Good, how about you? I'm good. So, Catherine, can you fill us in on what this film is about? Well, if you haven't heard the story of Harriet Tubman, um, it's about the life of Harriet Tubman, who is an abolitionist and a political activist. She was born into slavery with her whole family, too. Um, one day she decides that she's like had enough of slavery and she wants to be free with her husband and they want to start a family. Her husband is already free, but she wants to be free with him. Sadly, she can't, so she has to escape, and then she escapes, but she can't do it with her husband. She has to leave her husband behind, and so she leaves to Pennsylvania, and then she, later on, she becomes a conductor of the Underground Railroad. Hmm. So this is definitely a film for historical buffs, seeing as this is a pretty notable person in history. So, Sanaya Rain, how was the acting in this film? It was actually very good because when I was watching it, it made me feel like it was actually Harriet Tubman in this movie. Like, the one of the actor, she did a very good job of pertaining her feelings and just getting everything in one, like, movie. It was really good. So were the other characters, but I feel like the main character really did a good job on acting just like Harriet. Well, that's very that's very good. It's especially with a film like this. I think I think you definitely need really strong uh, acting. And speaking of which, uh, Catherine, who would you say is your favorite actor in the film? Oh gosh, there were a lot of people in this movie. Um, I'll just list like three of my favorite: um, Leslie Odom Jr. Janelle Monet and Cynthia Everett, who played Harriet, because she was so believable. Well, that's good to hear, of course. 
Um, of course, supporting cast is important too, but I feel like if any, like, actor is gonna be amazing, I feel like the main actor is the most important one. So, Sanaya Rain, um, I use this word lightly, but how do you feel about the characters, or rather historical figures, uh, in this film and how are they portrayed? I feel that the characters are, well, they have many different traits, so it's kind of hard to think about all the characters in one. But what I can say is that from what they all, like, went through and what they all did, I feel like if I were to pick one trait for all of them, it would be successful because they're, even though successful and brave, but even though, like, there were slaves there and there were masters for the slaves, the masters did realize at a point in the movie that, like, this is wrong what they're doing, like, and it wasn't right. And then the slaves, they already knew on that day it wasn't right. But I feel like everybody as one really took the movie, like, very seriously, in which you should because it's a really serious topic. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're listening to our recaps from the favorite films of the year by our Kids First film critics. And right now, I'm talking to Catherine and Sanaya Rain about Harriet. So you were mentioning how this is a film about a incredibly important and very serious topic and I want to I want to talk about that um because this film is about something as dark as slavery um Catherine how would you how would you say this film handles this very touchy subject well they were very good about it it was a bit gory in some scenes I mean you see a lot of injuries blood Dead people. Um, but I think they handled it very well. They didn't have too many gory images, but, you know, they're getting across slavery is horrible. Which I think in general is just kind of an objective good message to get across. <laughs> um, because this film is technically a biopic about uh, Harriet Tubman. So Nairain, how, how would you, what, would you, what do you think about this film as a biopic about, as a film uh, about Harriet Tubman and her legacy? I think that it's amazing. Like, no, there were not any, like, I feel like them doing this movie really shows that it's important to think about history because what, she did and what she went through going 100 miles and back every single time just to save a couple of slaves is a really big job. So her legacy, them putting it into a movie, means a lot because there are a lot of people whose family members could have been slaves and now that there's a movie about it, other people can understand what certain people went through. Oh, definitely. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if there's actually been a movie on Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad before this film. Um, I, because, like, if not, if this is the first film about Harriet Tubman, I'm going to be genuinely surprised because I feel like this is such, like, a, like, this feels very much like a topic that a lot of people who are into biopics would definitely, like, like, I, this feels like just, like, a perfect, like, historical figure and historical, like, I don't really know how to describe the, 
like this, but like, you know what I mean? Like this feels like very perfect for like a biopic. So I think, uh, I feel like it's about time that she had her own movie. She definitely deserved it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, also surprised that they haven't made a movie about it. Yeah, like, I remember I saw one of the trailers for this film, and I, like, when I realized it was about Harriet Tubman, I was thinking to myself, like, is this the first, like, biopic on her in the Underground Railroad? Because I just kind of felt like a, like a perfect mix, honestly. Um, but... Of course, uh, you know, the topic of a biopic is one film. How the film is presented is another thing. So, Catherine, what would you say on the cinematography in this film? Oh, it was wonderful. Honestly, it was... I don't have much to say about it. It was... Other than it was just amazing. Well, of course, that's good to hear. You know, because... I'm not... I've never really been uh, one for biopics, so I think it is important to sort of uh, go into the more technical aspects of it. Um, Sanaya Rain, do you have any comments on the music in this film? Um, well, the, actually, yes, I do. Um, I was actually watching the movie with my aunt, and... Um, we were actually talking about the backstory of the songs, and she was saying how she knew them, and it was actually really funny to me. Um, I'm glad that they played songs that are, like, familiar to, like, people of old age, because it's actually really nice to bring back history that was maybe from a couple years ago or even 10. Like, it's still good to bring up things from the past that could be really important for the future. Oh, wow, that's actually really interesting. I mean, I guess because this film is about a historical event, it does make sense to use older music, because they yeah. literally, like, that does make a lot of sense, like, when you really think about it. That's interesting, though. It is. Yeah. And, Catherine, to close this out, what would you say is the star rating and age rating? Five out of five stars. It was just a wonderful movie, and I would say... 10 to 18, as well as adults. I feel like this is definitely a film older people would enjoy. I'm Calista Best. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molong Season 3. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're listening to our recaps from the favorite films of the year by our Kids First film critics. And we're talking about Frozen 2, Yesterday, Christmas with Molong, Harriet. And next we'll be talking about Abominable Hey, I'm Calista Bess from Los Angeles, California, and next we will be talking with Leandro about Abominable. Welcome to the show, Leandro. Hi, thank you for having me. So, how about, first of all, you give us a brief explanation of this movie. So, this movie is about a girl named Yi that finds an adorable Yeti. And they set off on a journey to find his family and go to his home. All right. So, uh, as this is a DreamWorks animated film, how was the animation? Um, I love the animation. It was really good. I loved how they, like, the style of it. It was really cool. Yeah, I think this might honestly be, like, just visually, this might be one of my favorite-looking DreamWorks films, because I haven't seen it yet, but I have seen a lot of promotional material for it, and it does look pretty interesting, although maybe that's just because I'm a sucker for anything that involves magic. So, how were, how would you, how were the characters in this film? The characters were really good, they're really, they're really likable, they're really funny, too. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite character? My favorite character is probably Pang because he's really funny and he's just really like hyper and like outgoing. It's really fun to see him on screen. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, when it comes to animated films, a character is only one half of it because characters, of course, are brought to life by the voice actors. So what did you think of the voice acting in this film? I thought the voice acting was great in this film. It was really good. Um, It really brought the character to life. And, yeah. Do you have a favorite voice actor, or voice performance, I should say? Probably Yi, because she had a lot of, like, character development. And the voice actor, Chloe Bennett, uh, 
did a great job with her, putting like a lot of depth into the character. Mm-hmm. That's always nice to hear. Now, from what I can tell, this movie seems to be sort of like an adventure through the, I believe it was the Himalayas Mountains. So what did you sort of feel about like the environments and the locations that this film takes you through? The environments and the locations were really cool. They traveled like all through China, so they passed through landmarks. And it was like really fun seeing all these landmarks in this movie. Now, also, one thing one thing in particular that has sort of stood out to me is sort of the emphasis put on violin music. And this is a, this is specifically important to me because I have a violinist friend, and one of my memories of seeing the trailers is her sort of, like, paying attention to how they animated the violin. So how how is sort of the music, how is the music in this film, specifically uh, anything relating to violin? The music was great. It really fit the tone of the movie. Um, it was really, like, if you... It was really emotional at times, then it got, like, really lighthearted. It was just so, it was so good. And the violin music was great as well. That's nice to hear. Now, did you have a favorite scene in this film? Let's see. There's a lot of good scenes in this movie. It's probably when um, the Yeti Everest, um, prob- like, when he's, sl- like, sledding through the... Um, like kind of like surfing and sliding through the grass and the grass just comes over them like a big wave and it was just a really cool scene the animation in there was really great well that's nice to hear now as sort of like as become sort of the norm nowadays this film is sort of like a blend of you know lighthearted adventure and more emotional beat so would so would you say this film got more emotional than you originally expected yeah it really like talked about like heavy like heavy like plot points like um Yi's father dying and that was like really emotional kind of because someone died and there's a lot of moments of them doubting themselves but then they never gave up so yeah well that's that's good to hear because you know I feel like it's really important when, especially an animated film, can really, you know, go that, go to that area and t- untouch on something that's a bit darker. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and right now I'm talking with Leandro about Abominable. You know, many animated films nowadays sort of go for a mix of humor and emotional elements. And as I just talked about the emotional elements, what what did you sort of think of the more humorous elements in this film? It was really funny. It had a lot of, like, funny moments. There's um, a blueberry scene where blueberries just came crashing down on them, and it was really funny. And they're all in slow motion. Would you consider that the funniest scene in the film? Yeah, I think that was probably, like, the funniest part of the movie. Because they kept, like, running, and it was, like, slow motion. And they were like, whoa. (laughs) It was really funny. Ah, I see. So, what would you say is sort of the message of this film? I think the message of this film is, like, to not give up on, like, what you're doing. And just keep going forward, like, no matter what comes your way. Because in this movie, like, they face a lot of, like, hardships and, like, 
they come across like a lot of bad things, but they never stop and they just keep going to Everest's home and he gets there eventually. Well, that's nice to hear. Now, sort of now in my opinion, like not to hate on DreamWorks or anything, but I feel like I feel like uh, after the end of How to Train Your Dragon, I was kind of wondering like how is DreamWorks going to do? They're a very mixed bag in terms of like their sort of identity because you have films that are a lot more humorous and films that can be quite deep and emotional. So compared to current DreamWorks films, how do you feel this film holds up? I feel this film is like really good. Like it's not uh, comparing it to the other films. It's like like a step further because it was just so good. Also, this film is the last DreamWorks film of the 2010s. So I feel like also like you know might as well might as well end off on a high note, considering that there's been a lot of interesting films that have come out in this decade specifically in terms of DreamWorks films. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good to, like, end on a high note, like you said, instead of ending on, like, a low note, because if you did, then my, a lot of people might not see most DreamWorks films, but the others that come out in the future, um, I hope they're going to be good as, like, abominable. And speaking of the overall opinion on this film, how, what would you say is the star rating and age rating? I'll give this movie, like, a 5 out of 5, in my opinion. And the age rating, I'll say it's about 8 to 18 years old, but, like, adults would like it, too, because it's for, like, all ages. Well, that's good to hear. So, thank you for talking to me about Abominable. Thank you. I'm Callista Best from Los Angeles, California. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. This is the last show of the year, so thank you so much for a great year. Have a happy new year and can't wait to see you next year. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening and happy holidays. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.